Ano ai na hoa hoolohe, e ne'e papa kuana kākou mai ka aina o kona a i ka aina o kohala. Lele o kohala mehe lupe la i ka makani a pa'apa'a. Kohala soars as a kite. The olalo no eau or poetical saying that Leilani has just shared with us serves as an expression of admiration for kohala, a moku or district that's often recognized as a leader in doing good work, a source of inspiration for us all. Aloha kākou. Velina mai, welcome to Kaleo Kauluau. Aloha ile. As always, it's a pleasure to be with you here today. As we continue our huaka'i around the Smokapuni of Hawaii, we now have the privilege of visiting Kohala, the northernmost moku of all. And today, we have a very well-known special guest to share Mo'olelo of Kohala with us, Uncle Fred Kachola. Would you mind doing the honors of introducing him, Lei? Hiki no. Uncle Fred Keakaokalani Kachola was born and raised in North Kohala by his Filipino Chinese father, Fred Kachola Sr., and his Hawaiian mother, Esther Uu. Uncle Fred attended Kamehameha schools, and after graduating high school in 1953, he earned undergraduate and graduate degrees in education from UH Manoa, as well as degrees from Graceland University and Iowa State Teachers College. He became a teacher in Waianae O'ahu and eventually was appointed principal at Nana Kuli High School before officially directing the Extension Education Division at Kamehameha until he retired in 1996. His ongoing commitment to caring for Hawaii's Vahikupuna can be seen through his service with the Native Hawaiian Federal Advisory Commission, Nakokua o Kalokohonokohau, Makaniho o Kalokohonokohau, Hawaii Pacific Parks Association, the State Association of Hawaiian Civic Clubs, the Advisory Council on Historic Preservation, and many more community-driven organizations. Uncle Fred is currently serving as one of the valued kūpuna on the Kali'uokapa'akai Collective's Papakaheka Kūpuna Council. His legacy extends from O'ahu, where he had a role in preserving Kū'ilio'loheiau at Waianae in 1964, to Kona on Hawaii Island, helping to establish the National Historical Park at Kalokohonokoho in 1974, and to Kohala, where he has helped to preserve the birthstones of Kamehameha in 1981. Such important work. Yes. What an impressive personal history. Mahalo for sharing a bit about Uncle Fred Lei. And now, let's go over to him. Welcome, Uncle Fred. We're so glad you could join us, and we're really excited to hear Mo'olelo of Kohala that you're willing to share with us today. Um, we appreciate your commitment to various communities, including to Kohala, um, its Wahipana, its storied history, and its cultural heritage. So we're so very happy to have you here with us today. Mahalo. Good to be here, Jewel. Good to be here. Yes, it's been great getting to know you over the past several weeks, a little bit. And um, we are very excited to have you here to share Mo'olelo of Kohala. So without further ado, the show is now yours. Thank you. Thank you so very much. And and I want to really thank you, not not just for having me here, but for allowing Hawaiians to tell the stories, for allowing Hawaiians to tell the stories in their own way. I don't see a script. I love it. You know, I don't see a, an outline given to me. You're letting me tell my story in my own way. And yes, uh, you know, koala. Maika ikamakaniho kohala, you know. 
it's it's a beautiful place. It's uh it's my Kulaivi. It's it's where my ancestors' bones are. And I can truly tell you that I feel that in many times, in many ways in Koala. It's a joy, it's a privilege, it's an honor for me to step on the same grounds that Kamehameha stepped on. It's an honor, a joy for me to touch and feel the stones that make up some of the sacred sites that our kupuna put together. And like many other moku uh, that you've been collecting stories about, I'm, I'm sure there are, there are kupuna that can tell stories all day long. And um, that's not what we're going to do today. And that's not what I'm going to do. But because we're of Kohala, I can truly say we're of Kamehameha. Because Kohala is his kulaivi, his whole genealogy are Kohala chiefs. His mama, his uncles, his aunties, his grandparents, they're all Kohala. And the places that they lived, believe it or not, it's not having, you don't have to walk through a hotel lobby. <laughs> you don't have to go to a security guard. Yeah, well, now there's a little bit more fences. There might be a gate or two. But the point is they're still there. They're accessible. You can go there and touch and feel the mana. So today, with all the stories that Koala has to offer, I'd like to offer the one for Kohala's greatest son, Kamehameha Ekahe, Kamehameha the Great. And, and I like to talk specifically about his birth. Because his birth really brings out the, the story of Lele Kohala Mehilupela. It's an old proverb, koala flies like a kite. It overcomes adversities. Koala just can do all kinds of wondrous things. And when Kamehameha was born, that's exactly what they did. Koala soared like a kite. And it begins, you know, actually, uh, the birth of Kamehameha and his the whole, the whole more little about the place names of Koala that are associated with his birth are very, very important. But before I even share that story, I'd like to thank the Kupuna who gave those stories to me. Heloke mm. Mokini. Heloke. During my time, one of the most revered kupuna. When I was a little kid, you know, everybody, oh, Heloke, Heloke. I mean, Heloke was the law in many, many respects. Not only in things Hawaiian, because he was kind of like a, 
plantation Luna and make sure if nobody quarreled in the plantation camps and and the managers, if something happened, they said, oh, okay, Hiloki, you can take care of that. And so Hiloki was a very revered kabuna. And I was privileged when I interviewed him way back in 62, I think it was, and I was doing a paper on Elias Bond. Uh, I, was, I was doing a paper for my master's degree in history and philosophy of education. And, and of course, I always heard about Elias Bond, Father Bond, not Catholic, but revered Makua, Father Bond. And uh, I wanted to, and he 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 was he was a figure that Koala remembers very well. So I was going to do a paper on him. So I went back to Koala. I was teaching in Waina, and and I started interviewing all of Kupuna. And uh, I talked to Bill Cowdy. He was Scotch, Luna, married Portuguese girl from Maui, settled. His kids were my dear friends. Jimmy Cowdy, Tommy Cowdy, Jeanette Cowdy, and I said, hey, I want to talk story with your father. He's, he lived in Kuala long time. So as I talked to him, he said, you know, you should go see Hiloki. And I said, you're right, I should go see Hiloki, but you know, I, I, I don't know Hiloki that well. He said, oh, come, come, I, I introduce you. So the next day I went to see, went to Hiloki's house, knocked on our door and, hey, here comes Hiloki. <laughs> And there he is, and I'm, I don't know whether to kneel or what, you know, but, and I was a little nervous. And he said, oh, come inside, come inside. It was the old plantation house. This, he was living all by himself. I walked into his living room and small little house, this living room, kitchen, bedroom. Old plantation house with one light kerosene stove in a kitchen, couple of benches, but lots of Bohaku, mm. all around, and the, the walls, there were, there were just lines of stones. And he says, oh, I want you to meet, meet my friends. I said, oh, yes, yes. they're all from Kuala. He said, oh, yeah, these are all my Kuala friends. And so, and he took me into his kitchen. I got some more of my friends in there, and I realized that that I was in the midst of a man that could tell me stories of every rock he had, mm-hmm. where they came from, why why he collected them, what was the significance, and I said, wow, what an opportunity! And so I started talking to him about Elias Bond. Invariably, he he kept going back further and started talking about Hawaiians before Bond. And of course, the most important Hawaiian he talked about was Kamehameha. And I listened, I was just enthralled. And he was telling me about his birth and, and the different versions and, and some place names. And I had never heard that. I was just completely immersed in a new way of thinking about Kohala that I had never been. I was born and raised there, you know, but I knew nothing about what he was saying. 
And I said, you know, I think Father Bond has to go on a back burner for a while. And let's, let's see what he has to say about Kamehameha. Mm -hmm. And he then said to me, and he looked at me right in the eyes in a way that nobody has looked at me ever. His piercing eyes went right through my soul as he looked at me and he said, I'll tell you the story. Bring your camera. Pick me up tomorrow. Whoa. I'll tell you the stories. Bring your camera. And I was very surprised, but I, and many years later now, here we are, you know, 40, 50 years later. And when I think about that moment, I, I was blessed. I was blessed that this kupuna was ready to tell this nearly young Hawaiian kid from Koala the story about Kamehameha's birth. I didn't realize, and now I do, how important that was. Mm. And he took me down to the next morning, I, and I was just leaving the house. I was with my, my, my father's house, and I was on vacation. And uh, my father and I, it's the last time I went picking OP with my dad, but, but I had a bottle of OP and I said, I think he'll look at like this. So I had, I had my little whole coop, you know. Mm. And uh, so I went to see him that morning and gave him the, about a quarter of OP. And he was pleased. And then we went down to the old plantation roads, down to Kokoiki. Mm -hmm. And then later to a spot we call Kapakai. Some say, Kapakai, Kapakai, Kapakai. And he said, it started here. I said, what started here? Well, I'm going to tell you two versions. But this is, this is where he was born. I said, born? He said, well, it depends what version you're talking about. If you believe Keoa was the father, yeah, yeah, he was born over here. And he's, he's kind of like, you know, pointing in the in a direction. And I said, wait, wait, hey, look, I got a camera. Can, can you actually show me where you think he was born? Where, where was the holly? And he walked in a cane field. It was all young cane, about a year old. Short cane. He walked in the middle of this, not in the middle, but he walked through this cane field. And he got his bearings and directions. Then he pointed on the ground and he, he said, right about here. And he pointed on the ground right about there, and I took a picture. So that's where the holly was. He said, yes. But he was born here, but the mother's placenta couldn't come out. He says, this, this is the first version now. This, I'm telling you about Keua. I said, okay. So, so what did they do? Well, you see those two pork over there? And he pointed just a few yards. Yeah. So, well, they used those two pohaku to help me get rid of the placenta. I said, oh, well, let's go take a look. And he, 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 he knelt at each stone. 
And I think he was, he was saying a prayer. He was chanting something. I, I just quietly watched him. And then he's, he said, you see, I don't want to forget, so I made a little sign. And he had a little wooden sign, Birdstones of Command. He, he had one on each rock. And I said, so was, was he born here? No, no, well, she was, he was born over there. But the mama pretended they didn't come out. So they brought it over here. And this stone, and then he showed me the first one. It was, um, oh, maybe two, three feet wide, but it was a little high. And, and it was, and then he showed me how she grasped the top of the rock and knelt and held that rock really tight and pushed down so placenta would come up. It didn't work. Couldn't. She tried several times. It couldn't. So he said, so that's why they gave her this one. And it was flat. And he said, she lay on the ground and he kind of motioned to me how she Lay on the ground, put her feet up against those stones, put her feet right up against the stone, and she pushed. Oh, came out. So these are this is how these stones were used. I said, okay. And then he said, come, I'll show you where, where, where they washed him up. Wow. So I went down, because it was right on the shoreline. This was right at the shoreline at Kapakai. Kokoiki and Ahupua of Kokoiki towards way down right next to the ocean, the Kapakai landing. And he, 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 he climbed over some large boulders because it was all strewn with heavy boulders. And I said, they washed him right here. I said, right here? I said, well, well, you know, the tsunami, 1946, brought all these rocks. It's like on big rake went in the ocean and pushed all these rocks up here. So it covers the spring now. The spring is right here. And I said, really? He said, yeah, if you're quiet, if you listen carefully, you can hear the, you can hear the spring. Wow. And so I said, oh, okay. So I, I stopped and I listened carefully. Sure enough, you go hear the gurgling. I said, yeah, I can hear the water. I said, that's a spring. That's where they cleaned them up. I said, oh, wow. I said, can you just sit there? And I took a picture of him. And then also took a picture of him by the birdstones. And then he said, let me show you where, where his pico went. So we went down to this bay close by. And uh, there was a cave where water washed into. And he said, again, we, we sat in that cave, um, and the water was washing in, and we were sitting on our rocks. And uh, as we sat, he said, you got to remember now, all these rocks came in with the tsunami. So while... The roof is now, we can almost touch the roof. With all these rocks gone, that roof was pretty high. And it was low. The floor of the cave was much lower because it hadn't been filled in with stone. 
And then he looked up and I said, you see, the, you see those curves? You see, you see the pukas up there? I said, yeah. He said, that's where you speak going. I'll come up there. Well, you know, the Yule cannot climb up. Huh? The rats, yeah. Oh. So they put it up. Yes. And I'm sat, sat there and said, wow. I just saw the place where he was born. I just heard about his mother getting rid of the placenta. I listened to the gurgling of the spring where he was washed. And now I'm looking at the place where he's Pico. And there is this kupuna, this mere name, standing right by me telling me this. You know, 50 years later, I think of that moment. And tears come to my eyes. And here was, whom everybody feared and was so afraid of this man. And he had all of this small little right with him. And he was sharing it with me. How lucky was that? And then he shared, he said, come, show some other things. And we talked about, and he showed me a spot, and I took some pictures. He told me the legends about these people from Kauai, the, the, the rich people, the poor people, and some stones, and he, he pointed to the stones and the rocks, and, and I took pictures of that. Then we went down the road a little bit, and he told me the story about the shock called Kapa'a Hill, which I, which I got a, that, that story is, is another story, but I cannot get into that story now. But he, he told me the story of Kapa'a Hill and how Kapa'a Hill uh, went from that place to the Bishop Museum and it's a saga about how that happened. It really is a saga. And the only reason that Kappa Hill ended up in the Bishop Museum is because Heloke convinced him to do so. And I'll come back later on at another time and tell a story about Kappa Hill, because that's a very special story. Very, very special, Kappa oh, yeah. Hill. And when I go to the Bishop Museum, I always go to see Kapayo. He's, he's in a courtyard. I say, how are you, Kapayo? They're taking good care of you? Just wanted to say that, you know, Heloke is good that you're here, and I'm sure Heloke will be happy that you're okay. And I talk so with Kapayo. But anyway, the point is, he, he's telling me these stories. That, then he tells me, but there's another story about Kamehameha. And I said, what's the other story? Okay. The other story is he was born in a canoe. Oh. Mm -hmm. How did that happen? Canoe. Yeah, well, you see, if you believe that 
his biological followers, Kaikili. That means he was conceived on Maui, because Kaikili was a Illinois of Maui. But he kept telling me, but you gotta remember, Kaikili, his family is from Big Island. I said, oh. But he's 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 Moi on Maui. Yes, he was Moi on Maui. And because his family was on on a big island, every once in a while they come he comes over here and say hello. You know, Makahiki time and all all the pololu, all the spears, all the ihe go down and moi moi time. All the cool gods go down, moi moi, and they can holo holo. So Kahikili comes to the big island, say hello to everybody and he's Friends, family, cousins. And he says, hey, things are pretty good on Maui. So, um, you know, when you guys come, come, come visit. Come visit. And he's looking around the, the, the court. Come, yeah, you guys come all all and bring that girl with you. <laughs> bring that girl. <laughs> Guess who she was? Kekoa Kona and Kohala royalty. Bring that girl with you. <laughs> so she's conceived, and Kamehameha is conceived on Maui. Now, in both stories, and this is the part that, you know, Hiloki, I, and I'm sitting there just soaking all this in, and he says, but, but the mother had, had this dream. Had this dream and had this craving. Yeah. She craved for the eyeball of a tiger shark. Whoa. Yep. Eyeball of a tiger shark. And you know, for you eat the eyeball of a tiger shark, you got to kill him. Yeah. And for our kupuna, the tiger shark is the ali'i of Moana, of the ocean. It's Ali. And if you're going to kill the tiger shark, that means you, you're killing the chief. So all the co-owners, when they heard about this craving, eh, they couldn't figure it out until they looked at it two or three times and they said, oh, wait, you know, this baby is going to be a slayer of chiefs. Look, the mama wants to do that. The mama wants to go kill one chief right now. This baby already going to do the same thing. Already going to do the same thing. Now, when that happens, two major reactions. For the, for the people who are associated with the Ali Nui of the island of Hawaii, which at that time was Alapai, Alapai Nui. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, Alapai Nui he is our Kohala chief. He's a brother of Hawaii, and he's, he's part of the, the clan of uh, high chiefs on Kohala. And so he knows Kikuapuiva and all that. But for him to be high chief, for six generations before him, our island of Hawaii was under civil war. They were always 
for six generations before Kamehameha was born, there were three or four chiefs fighting among each other. And uh, I love the way my daughter laid it out in the chart on uh, who the chiefs were at what time. And you can see that one, two, three, four, six years before that, there he is. Kanaloa Uo, High Chief of Kamehameha. He's fighting with Ibi Kawikaua, who was the advisor of Keaka Kamanawa Wahine from Kona. And then they're fighting with another chief from Hilo. And then another generation, there is another Koala chief, Kawawa Amahi. He's one of three chiefs fighting. After him, here comes Halapainui. So there's, there's a whole bunch of chiefs. So the point is, before Kamehameha was born, this island was under civil strife. And every time there was civil strife, a Kohala chief was always involved trying to become the Alinui, but he could not. So one reaction among the Kohala people when they heard He's going to be a slayer of chiefs. You know what they said? Oh, yeah. Yes. At last. At last. Now we got chance. Now we got the right chief. Now, after six generations of fighting, fighting, now we got the guy. That was their reaction. <laughs> On the other side, there's a high chief from Hilo. There's a high chief of Po and Kau, and they're telling Alapai Nui, hey, brother, you know, maybe you gotta nip the Valky in the bud. You know, nip the Valky in the bud. Of course, we all know what that meant. You gotta kill this baby now before it becomes bigger, like a branch or like a big tree. Why? Because all of these chiefs were worried about themselves and they kept whispering in an upper new ear, you gotta kill him. You gotta kill this little chief because he's gonna come after us, he's gonna come after you. Because you know, you and your grandfather guys been killed some of his ancestors too. Mm -hmm. So you gotta, you gotta remember Alapainui. So now he's worried. So if you believe Kaikili is the is the father, the, the fact that the mother still has the same craving on both versions. Mm -hmm. Same craving, same reaction. But now the one with Kaikili on Maui, her friends tell Kikuapuhi, you better go home to Koala. You better get going to Koala because, you know, they might come after you and a baby now on Maui. And so she said, but, you know, I've got I to gotta, I gotta look for one, for one chief who can, who can be called for my baby. And they said, you better choose carefully because this baby is threatened. And she thinks carefully and she chooses high chief Naiole. Without breath, Naioli, famous warrior, trusted Ibikomo. He was the trusted servant and caretaker of, of her family. And she said, Naioli gonna take care of you. They said, okay. 
when Nayola gets this message, he realizes, and he gets this feeling from all of Kohala, Nayole, you cannot let us down. This is going to be our Linui. He is going to be the slayer of chiefs. You got to keep him going. You got to do everything you can to make him alive, keep him alive. And he says, yeah, I will. But I'm going to need all you guys help. I cannot do it alone. So everybody in Kohala got to help me. And then if he's being pursued by Alapainui, Everybody got to lie, everybody got to cheat, everybody got to confuse. You all got to be with me. And the Kohala conspiracy is confirmed. I call it the Kohala, grand Kohala conspiracy, is that we, the Makai Nana of Kohala, are going to help keep this baby alive, no matter what. <laughs> Okay, Nayola, you got it. Whatever you want. You want wet nurses? We got them. You want warriors? We got them. We're going to keep this baby alive. And he says, that's what we're going to need. Because Alapai Nui and Calvin Mohili and all those guys from Kau, they are going to be coming. Okay? So he plans. He has a plan. And his plan is going to take... Kamehameha to the place where he's going to be safe. And it's at a high plateau, almost halfway between Waipio Valley and Polulu, on a high plateau, very inaccessible. And when I was a kid, to get from Polulu to hike the old trail, almost six hours, you go by horse from Polulu, four hours because it's up and down the trails. You know, you got to go Polulu, Honakane Iki Nui, Honakane Iki, Honakea. You got to go up and down those valleys. And the trails are on those high cliffs are only like two or three feet wide and hundreds of feet. You, 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 two guys can haul off an army. Very safe place, Avini. But to get wherever the baby is going to be, and so if you believe Kaikili is a father, she's coming home now, a canoe. And halfway to Alanui Haha Channel, and remember this is this was a bad season, Ikua season, in October, November, rough seas, rough waves. Awe in the middle of the channel, Hanau Keali, baby is born. And the steersman says, you know, we're not going to wait. <laughs> you, you just hang on. Keep baby with you. We got to go to the nearest point. So they send a daughter boat. You better go tell Nayole. We're not going to Halava. We no more time. We got to go over there shorter. So we're not going to Halava. We're going to Kokoiki. They go Kokoiki. Nayole is over there. Okay. And that's the version of Kamehameha being born in a canoe. Mama's trying to get home from Maui. She's with Kaikili and his crew, but she's coming back. Okay. And in the channel, she gives birth. But the baby, 
the umbilical cord and the way that is still there. And they, when, when they land, they drag the canoe right up on shore, and then they cut the umbilical cord, and then they clean it up, and then she gets, now she's gonna get rid of the way. And, and the birdstones come into play. So Naoli now he's got responsibility of taking care of this baby. And so he devises a route. And that route, by the way, is now the place names of very popular places in Kohala. And it begins, his secret route starts, well, they went to Pumanakea first. And now I'm bringing in some other kupuna who, Hiroki didn't tell me all of this. Because when I interviewed other kupuna like Kyoki Penehaka, Kyoki Penehaka says, yeah, the first place they went to was Pumanakea. I said, where that? He said, it's right above Upolo Airport. And he showed it and I saw it. Where did they go there? Well, they wanted to see if they were being followed. Because from Pumanakea, you can look right down to the bird site. They weren't followed, so where did they go next? Well, the next place they went to, people were waiting, waiting a long time for them to arrive. And they were kind of late. So they said, where are they? How come they're not here yet? They're not here. And when they came, they said, oh, yeah. At last you have arrived. So what is that place called today? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So they said, it's about time here, yeah. Feed the baby a little bit, okay, okay, we gotta get going, we gotta get going to Avini. Because Avini is like 20 miles away by, by the trails. It's a long journey, and your baby just born, right? Mm-hmm. You're not gonna do this overnight. So you gotta have your secret routes. So the next place to go, our way, the wetness not there. And Kamehameha starts to cry. And he starts getting hungry. He's crying, crying. And mothers who feed babies know that cry. Mm -hmm. A mother who's feeding a baby, when they hear that cry, oh, my baby's hungry. They know know that hungry cry. In In Hawaiian, they call that ha and Hunger is what? V. Oh. Oh. <laughs> so what is that place called, Leladi? Havi. Havi. Now you know how it got its name. Wow. Because of hunger. Kamehameha was hungry. Ha, the breath of hunger, V. And so I... I asked Kyoki Penaka, so what did they do? He said, you know what? The, 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 all men, right? So they pipe out the grass, pipe out pipe the grass, and they, they found edible insects, and they were edible insects at that time. And they got the soft parts of the body, and he's showing me, they squeeze out the soft part, they, make, they made it really soft, and they made it into a little water to feed Kamehameha. I said, whoa. He said, they had to keep them alive. I'll be. So they go to the next place. And over there, Naoli hears the man talking. Wow, you know, if you, 
If we get caught, we're all going to get killed. Yeah. But that's the deal. Yeah, but you know, it's not just us. Our families too. And not only the family. But you know, if all of knew it, things, there's more than, he's going to kill everybody. Now they get nervous, very nervous. And Naoli hears this. And he says, My Makau, my Makau, don't be afraid. Makau, afraid. My, don't. And he, he gets concerned because his trusted warriors are now worried they're going to get killed. Of course, that's part of the risk. But he's telling them, my Makau, and then he uses a very special term that is not used anywhere else. He says, Hono Makau, Hono, calm, peace, keep your fears calm. What is that place called today? Where is Koala High School at? Hono Makau. In fact, when I was growing up in Koala, we never called that Koala High, we called that Honomakao School, because it was situated at Honomakao. What's the story behind Honomakao? Calm your fears. This is Nayoli saying to his men, Honomakao, Honomakao. Yeah? At first he's angry, he says, My Mako. Then he says, Honomakao, Hono, Honomakao. Keep calm. Don't panic. Okay, they keep going. Now it's rainy season, all the streams are swollen, it's flooding all the streams. And if you go from Honomakau to this next town, you will see a lot of ravines, and each one of them are flooded. So they wrap the infant Kamehameha in his kappa. They wrap him in his kappa. And they go through the waters. The streams are all full. And his kappa goes swimming. <laughs> so what is the name of that place today? Kappa Ao. Kappa Ao. Oh. That's where the statue is. Yes. The courthouse. What's the name of that little village? Kapa'au. Why is it called Kapa'au? Because Nahiole and his men had to wrap Kamehameha in his kapa, and his kapa went swimming through the waters. Kapa'au. Then he goes to this next place. And that's where I was born. <laughs> that's where I was born. And over there, my coupon over there is saying, yep, we got the Slayer of Chiefs, we got the high, you know, this guy's gonna be the greatest Hawaiian we ever knew, and we might all be killed to keep him alive. Because what we are doing is a grievous sin. Alapai Nui is looking, we're lying, we're cheating. We're confusing the Ali Inui. We're confusing his warriors. This is a sin. And another word that Hawaiians use for real grievous sin is halal. 
Remember when you were a kid, Lynn? Yes, right? I. Yeah, Lynn, when you yeah. were a kid. Hala, Lynn, I'm going to tell your mama. I'm going to tell your mama, hala, hala. Mm -hmm. And to make it even more intensified, it's hala ula. It's a red fault. And what do you think the town is where I grew up from? It's called hala ula. And many people say, oh, but the red holla. No, nothing to do with the red holla. It has everything to do with the birth of Kamehameha and those people now saying, we are sinning so badly, it's a, it's, it's a red, it's, it's holla ula. It's not just a regular holla, mm -hmm. it's a holla ula. It's a grievous sin. And then they go to holla, this next place. It's, it's where, it, it's now, you know, people ask me, you know, where, where did Kamehameha's, I said, right over here. And, and over there, they're doing well. The men are not feared, the baby is okay, the wet nurse is all on time, and his breath is lava. So what is the name of that place? Ha lava. A lava. Ha lava. The next area they go to, now the Hawaiians are, you know, they're about three fourths all the way to Avini now. So the the call of people are getting kind of cocky. We're gonna, I think we're gonna do this. We're gonna do this. Can. We're, we're almost there. You know? And so they begin making fun of Alapai Nui's men. The guys that are coming, in fact, they're having fun confusing them. And there's a place in Havi they call Kahe. Kahe. You know what Kahe means? Confuse, riddle, tell them. You know, where did they go? Oh, we went that. No, no, I think they went that. No, 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 they went this way. Kahe. And there are many places in Koala that have names like that. Kubiao, where they were beaten. And it has a place name. Okay, this next place. They're looking at the soldiers, and the soldiers looking, you know, they haven't slept for days, maybe weeks. And they're searching, the eyes are bloodshot, they're red, they're ripe. And Hawaiians call fruit fruit when they're ripe, pala. So they look at their eyes and say, ah, look at them. They've been looking all, they're not going to find them. Their eyes are all makapala. <laughs> so what is that place called today? Makapala. Makapala. Makapala, because now they're saying, we're going to do this. And then they get up to her. And Albini, Albini, impregnable place. You can, two guys. In fact, there are some families in Koala whose, uh, whose uncles were, give, were given the names. They were honored by, by giving the names guardian of the trails because they, their duties was to guard the two trails. And Avini is so hard to get to. And if you look at the word Avini again, it tells you the story. It's like, hoopa, in your face. <laughs> Yeah, Alapainu, we're here. Come. We're up here in Albania. Let's see what you got. 
Let's see what you got. Abhi impudence. Impudence. Give me your best shot. Alapai Nui. Come on. Abhini. So there you go, gang. You know, from Kokoiki, a little blood, to Hoya, where you arrived. Havi, where he was starving. Honomokao, where he had a panic. Right? Kapa'au, Halaula, Halava, Makapala. If you know those place names, you know the story of his birth. And our koala people, Lele Kohala Mehelupela, they overcame this adversity of they're going to get killed. Didn't they get killed? Did they save the greatest Hawaiian who ever lived? Yes. And now you know the story. And I think, you know, when I, when I look back, when he was born and all that happened in Kohala, what a story that was. And you can still remember it now. You go to Harvey, it has meaning for you now, Lena. Definitely. You go to Kohala High, you see Honomakao, ah, yes. When you go to the Kamehameha, oh, Kapa, oh, yes. Isn't that beautiful that this tradition, not tradition, this story of his birth in Kohala is alive and well because our kupuna made it so with their place names. Mm-hmm. And when I put it all together, and by the way, there were people like Kindis Prot, Sam Hook, Akone Pule, they all koko me with little help. And when I put it all together, I said, my goodness, I felt like I had broken the Da Vinci Code. <laughs> I said, this is the story of his birth. This is the whole story of his birth. From one place where he was born to the place where he was kept alive. Mm-hmm. So there it is, ladies and gentlemen. Now, now, my brothers and sisters, now you know the story of Kamehameha's birth. Now you know why some say he was born in a canoe. Now you know where he was born. And and I might take you there if you give me give me a lot of notice so I can <laughs> get myself in shape and take you down there. Because it's a wonderful story that has got to be told. And the people of Koala should tell it forever and ever. And I, and I shudder sometimes when I think if I hadn't gone and talked to Hiroki, mm. if I hadn't talked to Okone Pule, Sam Hook, Kyoki Penehaka, Kindi Sprout, his dad, Bill Sprout, we would have never had this. We would have not, because I, they, they had it in pieces. And I, I, I kind of help I put it together. But there are other people in Koala who had, you know, <laughs> Kawaiya, his, his great-grandmother fed Kamehameha. You know, Patty Solomon, her great-great-granduncle guarded Kamehameha. They all 
There are people in Kohala that can tell you this story too because their families participated and it's alive and well. So I'm sorry I took so much time, but uh, you know, when you tell a story, you gotta tell a story. Mm -hmm. Sometimes no can make shortcuts, you know? <laughs> no can. And uh, in fact, I cut it pretty short because there's a lot more. But basically, the place names of Kohala is exactly the, the greatest memorial that Kohala people gave to themselves and to the greatest Hawaiian who ever lived and kept them alive and nurtured him. And so much of his greatness later on, you know, when Kekoho Pio had to convince him to go to war, you know, the first argument Kekoho Pio told him to convince him is, Kamehameha, you, you realize what the Kohala people did for you, and now, and now you're going to say no? You realize what they did for you? And now you're still up here surfing and having fun with your girlfriends in Kapanaya? No, no, no. It's not time for fun and games, Kapanaya. You better get serious. You got to begin living up to your prophecy. You got to begin looking and thinking about what your kupuna did for you when you were a little baby. Have you forgotten that, Kapanaya? Have you forgotten that? That's the argument Kikopio used. When he had to convince Kamehameha later on, hey, your uncle just died. We gotta go down to Kona, but you know what's gonna happen? Your cousin's gonna rip us off because they're gonna take all the land, so you better get ready to fight. And that's the beginning of the unification. And that's how the prophecy all came true. It all began in Kohala. So thank you very much, and uh, again, I'm sorry it took so much time, but you know, sometimes you gotta tell it like it is. <laughs> so aloha, thank you, aloha. Mahalo. Mahalo nui. Um, we'll just maybe a couple questions, if you have, if you still have time. Um, mahalo for sharing that amazing story, and I I really appreciate how the the. Migration of the young Kamehameha as a as a newborn infant is um, commemorated, as you said, in the place names of Kohala. It's, it's a beautiful story, and I'm when you described your um, your time with Helokim Okini, um, I feel like you took us there with you. I mean, it's amazing that I mean it happened decades ago, as you said, but your memory of those the details of that experience are amazing and um, and so vivid. So it, mahalo it, for sharing that. It, it was it was just magnificent. And you know, my, my brother-in-law is Iloki's grandson, David Rosha. Years later, I, I told David about his grandfather, what his grandfather shared with me, and he says, you know, I don't, I don't think he shared that with anybody else. And this is his grandson. Hmm. And he said, I don't, you know, and I said, hey, David, what happened to all his poor What happened to all his friends? He says, you know, all went down in the grave. He's sleeping with his friends. Yeah, you were the chosen one I... to, to carry on that well, story. Well, you know, when he, when he gave me that look, like I said, I, I never saw anybody look at me like that. 
I mean, his eyes just pierced my soul. He, he was staring at me in a way that nobody ever looked at me like that. And he said, I'll tell you the story. Bring your camera. Woohoo. Yeah. But I, but I, you know, now it's my turn to tell a story. Mm -hmm. And I hope that, you know, in the future, some other people will continue to tell their stories. So thank you again very much for what, what you're doing. It's important that, you know, Hawaiians tell their stories and tell it in their own way. Tell it, keep telling it. Otherwise, we won't know who we are, where we came from, and everything else. Mm -hmm. But uh, Kamehameha was truly a koala boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to touch on what Drew mentioned about, um, you know, koho'ia, yeah, to be chosen. Um, Heloke had chosen that moment to share with you, and we mahalo you for sharing it with the community, with us. And the whole story I keep going back to is, you know, that shared kuleana for the people to awamo that kuleana. Every community member had that agreement that we're going to potentially give our lives to saving this child because yes. he's just so important. Yes. And then to hear that generations later, they can still recall how their family members yes. you know, were involved. Yes. And it can be worn as a badge of honor as a mo'olelo through the generations. I just, I haven't been to Kohala in a while, but now I definitely want to go back with this new understanding of the place names and I will envision the, the mo'olelo now. So mahalo nui for sharing that. That was just so Yeah, and it's powerful. really nice. There was a project a while back in Kohala where this guy came up with, and he got a little grant to, to have street names. Koala got street names now, you know, and there they are. Hoea is there, Horomakau is there, Kapa'au, Havi, they're all place names. Nice. And, they're, and they're on the maps and they're, and they're, you, you can see the sign. N never had street names before, mm -hmm. you know. Havi was always Havi, Horomakau was always Horomakau. And, and, you know, I, I grew up with those names and they had no meaning, nothing at all to me until... And we put it all together. And when they did, I said, wow, wow. What a revelation. What a revelation that was. So thank you again. And uh, keep telling the stories. <laughs> we will. Mahalo. Okay. Mahalo nui. Ahuiho. Aloha. And with that, mahalo nui to Uncle Fred for visiting us here at Kaleo o Kauluo and for sharing his ike with our listeners. I know that we have all learned a lot today, and I hope that what was shared will inspire our listeners to go out and learn more. Yes, and there are still many more mo'olalo to hear in this moku of kohala. Mahalo again for lending your ears to this episode of Kaleo Kauluau, and to our special guest, Uncle Fred Kachola. Please join us again for our next episode, and don't forget to visit our blog to follow along on our story map, and check us out on Facebook and Instagram for more, such as Inua Matters. Until then, ahui ho. Aloha. Aloha.